Hey Fadies, DM Brad here. Thanks for downloading and listening to The Fate of Ice in Chapter 2, Episode 18. That's what this is. We made it. You're listening to it. What a time to be alive. Oh boy, thanks ahoy. Big thank you to our wiki wiki wicked Patreon supporters, Alex White Robinson, Person Who Wants to Stay Anonymous, Robert Baldino, Irene Cucci, Laura Christine Goodwin, James Blyseth, and Cy J. Hodgkins. Ha, <sighs> deep breath. If anybody else wants to help us make this show for as little as a dollar a month, check out our rewards over at patreon.com slash fateofison. We have a few announcements to make. Um, firstly, we have a second live show coming up in Wellington on the 24th of March. It, um, in the wake of the success, the surprising success of our first one, we've decided we're going to do it again. So uh, tickets are on sale for that through the Fringe Festival website or by visiting bit.ly slash isonfringe. Uh, get them before they're gone because last time they were gone. The other uh, announcement we've got, we're joining a new podcast network called the Necropoticon Network. ba 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 It's going to be filled with all sorts of amazing shows, and we can't wait to be a part of it. Alright, let's dive into the recap. Our heroes were taken to Strakon, the leader of the fire giants beneath the mountain. Trestlespoon was then taken away and thrown into a pit, where he was reunited with his missing community, including his long-lost brother, Squattle Squad. He then left his family temporarily to rejoin the Apple Squadeth in facing down some impossible odds. I, but tooth hat sounds fun. Because <laughs> I really just think having a giant tooth on the head would be quite fun. Would the tooth would... start the root at the top and then go up? Well, like, or would the, root would, be... the roots would come down here as like a cheek piece. Ah. <laughs> be like a like a cartoonishly large tooth. <laughs> like I was the barbarian mascot of good dental health. <laughs> Ironically, what do you get for tooth black? Licorice? I don't know. Hmm. They probably just sell it, don't they? Tooth black. Yeah. I'm not actually sure. Yeah. You go into a shop and ask for tooth black. I'm sure it'll go well. Oh, I get to. To be honest, you could probably just use black lipstick for a while, but I don't know what they properly use. Can you hit record? This is quality content. Mm. <laughs> I hit record ages ago. Do you not listen to me when I speak? We've been recording for like three, almost four minutes. Nearly four minutes. Yeah, All right, four. well, that's the end yeah. of the... <laughs> that's some quality stuff there. Um, right, should we do a thing? Mm. Well, let's do a thing. <laughs> Okie Um Cool. So, hi, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to Hi, Chapter everyone. 2, ep- Episode 18 I'm of really The Fate nervous. of Bison. Jules is really nervous. Let's all go around the table and introduce ourselves, starting with Nervous Jules. Hi, I'm Nervous Jules, who's also Soldier Marley from Dapton, a uh, oh, half-elf oh, bard oh, slash oh. ranger. Uh, I'm Anxious anxious Josh, who is overconfident Trestlespoon, who is uh, a, a roguish gnome with I'm, charming features. Uh, lugubrious Oliver, uh, who plays Banfor Hot, who could probably recognise 
three letters in a lactose intolerant Oliver scripts who plays that for what on earth is going on I'm so sweaty and tired and I'm excited I also have new jean shorts so that's fun nice look at them <laughs> Uh, that's just his crotch. That's a good Everybody. fly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, Audio wow. content. Okay. They're like they're, they're like running pants material, so I can still go very fast. I like that they <laughs> deliberately have holes in them, even though that they're new. Mm. Yeah, I hate that about them, but they were free, and I feel like I'm in a never nude, and it feels good. Where did you get them? <laughs> uh, my now ex flatmate Floyd gave them to me because he no longer wants them. Yeah, I'm not nice. really surprised, but you know. I think they're good. I think they look good. From what um, I saw. <laughs> of the crotch area. Four inches of your fly. Yeah. <laughs> Basically just the fly. Yeah, it's a good looking fly. This is a great great new direction for the podcast, I think. <laughs> is, uh, great new direction. Describe. <laughs> Describe what you're wearing. <laughs> what are we all wearing? Uh, I'm in a very... Uh, plain grayish ensemble uh, of a t-shirt I've had in my drawer for years and some cargo shorts. Nice. Rocking it. Nice. Rocking it. Introduce yourself. Oh yeah, I'm Dungeon Mastery Brad, the Dungeon Master. Nice. This is really weird already and I'm enjoying that. I just, I just feel, I, I need to point out, I'm wearing a giant sequined heart sparkly top because technically the week that we are recording of is Valentine's week. So I'm just I'm feeling the love, mm. but mostly just the love for Eisen because I'm single. Right. Yeah. I can feel it radiating. It's it's, it's Eisen love. Eisen love. Yeah. He said, <laughs> so anybody he listening said, out there, I need love. Just send me hearts on Twitter <laughs> at Jules Bergeson. Or dildos. <laughs> Loads of hearts. Both are good. <laughs> That's not very effective. <laughs> I think you find it's quote-unquote, super effective. It's not very her- ergonomic. Oh. Um, mm. Trademark. You know, you know, little puns there. Put those uh, back in your pun pocket, sir. Right. Let's recap where we're at. So um, last time, uh, Trestlespoon was reunited with his brother Squathle Squad, whom he hasn't seen for almost 200 years. So many years. Um, pardon? So many years. As well. Oh, so many. I thought you said like, how many years. I was like, how, I just said almost. almost yeah. <laughs> like yes. you've forgotten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> almost 200. <laughs> Imperceivable. Um, and I had written a recap for this. Where is it? I don't know. Um, yes, you were thrown into a pit containing um, the entirety of your surviving gnome community from your youth. Um, deep beneath the mountain of Stonemore, um, where there were a bunch of fire giants and ogres and trolls and all sorts of subterranean creatures holding them hostage. And uh, in another part of this chamber, um, Marley and Banfor had been offered help by Bedemus, a shadow demon who is... All right, get your laughs out now, Oliver. Um, it just sounds like he's a self-confessed woman beater. <laughs> Beatemus. But only unmarried women. <laughs> Does he ask before he beats them? That's what I want to know. Hey, 
Have you been betrothed? <laughs> oh, actually, can't be married. Come here, miss. <laughs> anyway, a shadow demon who is the herald of the god of death offered to help you wipe out these uh, giants and ogres and other subterranean creatures. Um, and all you had to do was return the death heart to its rightful spiritual home, which is something you were going to do anyway. To the killing grounds um, of Stonemore. That's right. You don't know where quite where that is, but I'm sure if you ask around in Stonemore, when it's you eventually get there. Stonemore. Yep. It's when you're in Stonemore. It's literally my could... only note from the last session. Mm. <laughs> I'm so sure you I'm could a... find someone to say, hey, where are the killing grounds? And they'll say, it's over there. That sounds like characters we've met before. <laughs> <laughs> How's it, Graham and Larry? <laughs> My grandson Robert will tell you it's over there. My grandson um, Robert. I have another okay. note from the last session that I don't understand. So DM, please explain my notes. I've written here, Demon of Chaos, Chick Grish. That's his name, Chick Grish. Oh, so like, it's not like check a guy called Grish. Check Grish. <laughs> like check him out. No, no. <laughs> like, the, 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 yeah, the Chaos Demon that um, just before Squathle Squad and Trestle Spoon were reunited, uh, Squathle Squad made an agreement to serve um, Chet Grish, the Chaos Demon, in exchange for getting the power to free his people. Uh, this oh, is a fact. Oh, that's right. He did the dealings this, before mm, you got this, there. Yeah. This, this is a fact that Trestle Spoon was then made aware of afterwards. And he's like, oh, you tricky devil. <laughs> you tricky <clears throat> bastard. Okay. Um, yeah, all Trestle of my Spoon, notes, all two of them explained. Well done. Thank you. Good stuff. Um, Trestle Spoon <laughs> then left um, the gnomes in their pit to go and help Marley and Banfor uh, dealing with the situation in which he left them. Um, which is being in a cavern with five fire giants, including the leader Strachan and a whole army of all sorts of other creatures. Um, this is where Bedemus, the shadow demon, had just offered his help. But didn't he disappear? He, he, the shadow that was keeping everything kind of frozen in time lifted, indicating that, yes, he has gone. Um, but we are back in play now, and... As all of the ogres and giants and trolls and everything start to regain their senses, um, who are all surrounding you, by the way, you are in the middle of oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, Phil. Yes, yes. but Banfor stabbed a whole lot of them and I was trying to push them over like dominoes. Mm. Yeah, a, a lot of them were killed by Banfor's killing and your killing and and Betamus just kind of like tapped a bunch of them and they died as well um but now they are back in action not frozen in time there are lots of corpses on the ground that you've left so um, does that mean though that they're like the ones that are left are super like what the fuck and we oh, now yeah, get that... advantage on our first roll mm. if you, because if they're you... a little bit yeah you if, know if like you... that's what if, i'm angling for oh here God. If you let me finish what I'm saying, Julia Burgesser. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Julia? Um, I don't know who that is. Sorry, Jules. Thank you. Um, 
in a moment of absolute confusion, during which time all of these creatures have no idea what the fuck just happened to them, um, you all hear a voice in your head. It is Bedemus. The heart is near. Come with me. And then you just see suddenly a line, like an arrow being fired, of ogres and trolls and everything just dies just this long straight line building a corridor of bodies in the crowd what do you do if you stay in if you stay in fight and follow us if you stay in fight you roll initiative if you run you run over these bodies uh banfor's axel is in his hand at this point uh what does it feel like um, you're not you're not getting any effect from the deaths that have just happened. No, like is is there a a thrumming to it? Is there a uh, is there is it is it reacting in any way to the presence of? This, uh, so was it in your hand the whole time? No, I was doing the stabbings with a knife. Okay, um, but I've then, just put it in my hand. Yeah, if you've just picked it up after um, like this line of death has been made away from you um there's no you don't feel anything strange about your weapon now you would have if it was in your hand earlier therefore in calm solemnity begins to walk down the aisle of death feeling quite at home walk down what do you mean well because molly's going sick and like taken off down the aisle obviously it just killed a corridor of them through the middle of a crowd, so like there's still thousands of them alive. Well, I think uh, you'd be treating it like a royal parade, right? Like it's like, it's like like if there was a bride getting married whose father was a gnome and she was massive, like real a real real big girl, and also the aisles were made out of ogres. But she's still thrilled to be getting married. It's that, but she's also running full tit. <laughs> nice. So you're like doing, uh, like leaping <laughs> joy- joyfully over these lifeless corpses. That run. Okay, that's fair. Um, and yeah, the the trolls and everything still have no idea what's going on. This has all happened in the matter of a few seconds of just absolute confusion and the crowd some of them try and like grab at you guys as you pass but no one manages to successfully I was and you get say, out every time somebody grabs at me i'm just going to cast thunderclap which is a cantrip anyway so i'm just sending out thunderclaps nice. boom boom I love boom, boom 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 every time and faces yeah i want you in my room um i yeah What's the gnome scenario, team? You know? Let's spend the night together from now until forever. The only gnome scenario you guys know about immediately is that Trestle Spoon is with you. Yeah, because I jumped down. I think I would have jumped from one of the ogres. One's lying horizontal and then the other is dead lying, you know, across him. And I jump on his head like a springboard and I leap onto like Banfor's head, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> and places him astride his new giant tooth helmet. <laughs> Trestle Spoon finds it oddly comforting, I guess. Just and he waits. Sitting on a... <laughs> like, it's like a Pope mobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he waits like the Pope. 
his <laughs> audience. I freaking love the cinematic visual of you guys running over this line of dead bodies between like two cra- two separated crowds who are trying to get you. And Marley is just throwing thunderclaps left and right at people. And Banfor is like skipping joyfully as Trestle Spoon's sitting on a tooth on his head. <laughs> One of us imagine- takes this seriously. <laughs> it sounds like bloody explosions is going off, you know, like dynamite um, is being lit as Marley's running through, though, because it's just huge booms. Yeah, every bang, time bang, well. bang, 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 bang. It's like echoing through the cabin, too. Like, this is creating an enormous ruckus. Yeah. Um, roll perception, everyone. Oh, net 20, first roll. 19, motherfuckers. I got a net 11. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. 17. So what yeah, was a so, perception? So I got 23. Yeah, so um, Marley and Banfor, you both happen to notice that with each um, creature that falls, there's like this just the tiniest little hint of like an aura or something. And it sort of floats outward away from them and it, it travels in the direction that you're going and sort of creates like this flying breadcrumb trail around a corner and down like deeper into the uh, caverns. Nice. Is the axe sword heating up? Uh, with all of Marley's hits, like thunderclaps and stuff, yes it is. Interest. Um, yeah, so you guys notice uh, these like, just the flickering little tiny black auras floating away from you, creating like a breadcrumb trail um, deeper into the caverns. Uh, from every single creature that was touched by Betamus. Mm. So, so as soon as she sees the the breadcrumb trail go around the corner, she's like skids, like Marley skids around the corner following it, still at full pace. Yeah, so yeah, okay, so you leave the crowd behind um, but you get the impression that you won't leave them behind for very long. Um, they're going to regain their senses and come up with a plan very shortly um but you notice that the uh, these like black auras they wind and wind and wave is that a term i don't know through, no but wind, <laughs> and weave. wind and weave, weave that sounds yeah. good sounds, sounds also, good to me is the word you're looking for moat these moats that's a good word yeah moats good word a small particle like as an m-o-t-e-s like a little oh okay cool like a speck okay yeah um yeah so like one from each creature and yeah it's creating this sort of trail that's quite hard to see but you've you've nailed it um and it is leading down into a corridor about normal like humanoid width so like a human or an ogre or something could barrel down there but a giant couldn't Molly, as she's like she's full tilting because she's assuming that Betamus isn't sticking around for long, so she's trying to use whatever he's got to offer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But while he's doing that, she's also messaged because she can't like breathe and talk and run, so she's messaged Trestle Spoon to be like, "Where the shit did you come from? Are you right?" Because <laughs> last scene you were being carried down a hallway yeah, right yeah tis so, true tis the truth <laughs> so I'm like are you alright how, how long can my reply be it's not very long is not it? very long it's, it's a few words 
Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, gravy found squaffle squash. And Molly, like, out loud goes, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and Trestlespoon jumps on Bamfor's tooth because he could hear it. Yeah. And, uh, he nearly falls off the tooth but regathers himself and gives two thumbs up. That's great! Where is he? He's uh, in the way well, he's... We're going the wrong way, but he'll wheel loop back around. Okay. And then still... <laughs> um, Tress, roll me a deck save to stay on the tooth. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Saving throw. 10 plus... Oh, 16. Yeah. More yeah, you do. You're like, okay. yeah, you, you you topple for just a second, but you're like, like you're a rodeo cowboy, you like, re- regain your That's composure. Right. Yeah, I've got great tooth gripping stats Excellent. <laughs> um cool and so yeah you, you you follow marley down this narrow corridor um and as you guys enter that corridor you hear betamus's voice again just in your minds i will hold them off but not for long and that is as you enter uh the corridor sort of opens up into a perfectly circular room it's very obviously not natural um, this is clearly a purpose-built space. It's got like a domed ceiling. It's about the size of like a living room, so it's not huge. Um, there's nothing in there except a square stone table right in the center. And on the left-hand side, there is a small square in the ground that is very obviously a pressure plate of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And there's other than that, there's just like a few pebbles and like dust and rubble around because we're inside a mountain. Is it locked off? Is it enclosed? Is there another door? Or is the thing? only the the only way in is the corridor you just went down. That you can now presume, hopefully, Beatemus is going to stop anyone else from coming in, for now. Okay. Um, and for summing the situation quite clearly in his mind, uh, accidentally stands on the pressure plate while trying not to. Okay. Um, you stand on the pressure plate and it sinks down about six inches into the stone floor. Um, and as it does, a mirror appears by magic on the opposite side of the room. It's a, like a tall, uh, ornate mirror with a very, um, clean, um, reflective surface. Uh, Bamfor sees his reflection and gets a fright. Yeah, this is across the other side of the room, but yeah, you could you could see your reflection. A flickering reflection upon the magma-lit hallway. Ooh. Trestlespoon falls off the tooth. Is that all we can say? Just this mirror appears out of nowhere? Yep. Trestlespoon walks up to the mirror. Uh, How far away is it? Uh, it's just on the opposite side of the room from where Banfor's standing on the pressure plate. Yeah, 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 but half... So it's like... So it's like 30 feet away from the pressure plate. Okay, cool. Uh, Trestlespoon sees his gnomish reflection in the mirror and raises a hand to the glass pane. Does anything happen? Nope. It's just a mirror. Hmm. Interesting. Bamfor, should we... Maybe we could break through the mirror. Could be a magic tunnel or something. Bamfor throws one of his glowy orbs at the mirror. Are you still on the pressure plate? No. Okay, as you as you step off the pressure plate, it rises back to the stone floor level and the mirror disappears. Uh, Bamfor does the whole 
uh, quickly on, quickly off, quickly on, quickly off thing. And makes the mirror come down, go up, come down, go up, come down, yeah. go up. Yeah. It, it doesn't like travel. You don't see it's like path of travel, the mirror. It just like appears and disappears. Appears, disappears. It doesn't like slide in and out from anywhere. Okay. Um, how many of these yeah. pressure plates can we see? Just the one. Just the one. Can and there's only one mirror that yeah. is appearing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Trestlespoon uh, keeps reaching for the mirror as it appears like a cat when it sees a red dot <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> When uh, when Trestle's boon reaches for the mirror, Banfall makes it disappear. No. <laughs> At this point, y'all don't know that I'm doing this. Nobody has observed me doing this. You, all of you hear Beatimus in your minds, retrieve the heart. What? Uh, Banfall uh, Lee stands on the pressure plate once furthermore, but for good this time-ish. Okay. Um, roll an investigation check, the other two. Oh, not good. <laughs> Wait, I'm either a 19 or a 1. I'll roll again. Oh, 20. Yeah, well, good. Because I'm an 8. Was that, a, was that a nat 20? It was. Yeah. <laughs> a nat attached what? 20. Why is it every time I give you guys a puzzle, one of you nat 20s? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <clears throat> if only I was one of those DMs that didn't allow nat 20s on skill checks. Um, you just right. want your cheat sheet to kind of appear in front of Trestle Spoon, so he just <laughs> existentially knows what to do. Because uh, Marley was going to walk uh, through it. I don't know, or try to. Yeah, so Trestle Spoon, you happen to know, like you study the mirror a little bit, and you notice that the the you know the, the stone table in the middle of the room is completely clean, right? Surface mm-hmm. is absolutely clean, there's nothing on it. But in the reflection, there is a symbol drawn using pebbles and rubble. What is the symbol of? It's not so... Oh, what languages do you know? Uh, Undercommon, Gnomish, and Common. It's not anything you recognize. Okay. Okay. Does he point that out? I verbalize this. Uh, In the... Guys, in the reflection, there's a symbol on the the stone table which is clean in the in the in the world we're in, but in the mirror world, there's a there's a symbol I don't understand on the 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 table. Okay, Molly comes over for a look and knows dwarfish, elvish, and orcish. Does she recognize that? Uh, you, no, you don't. Okay, cool. She studies it and she wants to try and copy it and put it on the table in the middle somehow like with okay like drawing it with her finger or something and dust or something like that okay um yep you try and draw it with your and your um in dust with your finger and nothing happens does it change the reflection no the reflection doesn't change at all it still shows the symbol drawn with like pebbles and things from rocks and dirt Okay. So we gather trestle spoon things to gather pebbles and arrange them in the yeah symbol. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. You do that. Wants to put her hand on the mirror, like on it. Yeah. Yep. So trestle uh, keeps like suspiciously looking at his reflection in the mirror, as if it's not him but another crafty gnome that's taken his identity, because he's skeptical <laughs> that the reflection is different. Yeah. Um, okay. As soon as you um, 
rearrange uh, a bunch of pebbles and things to look like the symbol um, in the reflection. You, uh, Marley, you put your hand on the mirror and your hand goes through the mirror. I follow my hand through. Okay. You step into a tiny little room and in which is just a little stone pillar on, on top of the stone pillar is a uh, solid black obsidian ball, like a, like uh, probably about the size of a baseball and it's black and shiny. Four for pressure plates. There's nothing. Okay. Then I walk over to the pillar and I grab the ball. Okay. Yep. You grab the ball. Nope. You now hold the heart for the God of death. Okay. Do me and Bamfor, as spectators to the reflection, see the reflection change? Or does Marley disappear? She just disappears into an, uh, into somewhere you don't see. Okay. And I walk back over to, I assume the mirror's still kind of there? Can I see Trestlespoon or anything? Yeah, you can see Trestlespoon and Banfor, but they can't see you. Okay. Trestlespoon is to cautiously you? putting a finger so through the I, mirror. So I... I <laughs> leap out of the mirror, like going <laughs> straight in. <laughs> Crikey crumbs, what are you doing? I'm like, hey, look what I found. I thought you were dead. I thought we did um, it wrong. That crafty gnome on the other mirror. Banfor, as soon as your eyes um, lay upon the black stone in Marley's hand. Because I'm holding fear- it up. Yeah, you feel just this overwhelming need to have that in your possession. Uh, Bamfor steps off of the pressure plate and approaches Marley in a avalanchean way. Nothing in the world will stop him. He oh, yeah. is. He has his hand out with the fulsome expectation that it will be placed in it, and you see his right hand itching at the shaft of his axe sword. Molly probably actually wouldn't think that you were going to do her any damage. If you came at her with your hand out, she would probably actually just put it in your hand, assuming you wanted to have a look at it. Do you know what I mean? Does that happen? Yeah, unless you were attacking in a way that looked weird for Bamfor. Bamfor Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not attacking, are you? You're just walking towards with your hand out. I was walking up to get it, but you can see that the want is so real. You can see the gleam in his eyes. Yeah. I, I, think, still, you, I think you'd notice. I think you'd notice. Yeah, but I, I still don't think I would think much of it because I'd just be like, look at what I found. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can have a look. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, yeah, you can have a look. So it's I'd probably just... Body language of barely concealed aggression. So it's definitely a... It's not a chummy walk. It's like the ring, isn't it? In uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord yeah. of the Ring, and uh, it's like the Ring in uh, Harry Potter. No, no Yeah, I, I, I still probably would just give it to you without too much thought. Because Molly's yeah. also pretty cocky. Remember, she'd probably think she could get it back off you if she needed to. <laughs> so, so she does. this? She no. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to fight? <laughs> um, no, she'd just probably just put it in your hand. Trestlespoon watches concerned. Bradley? Yes, Oliver? The heart has entered my hand. Does anything take place? Uh, you feel really cold for just like a second, like the shiver of death goes through you, and then you hear Beatimus's sound like in your mind of just like l- joyous laughter. 
and the other two don't. The other two don't hear that. Snippet of the laughter, please. Yeah, yeah. Ah, 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 yes. Banfor smiles a cold, crypt smile. Uh, so, yeah, so is Banfor saying anything or doing anything that Marley would sort of raise an eyebrow at? Because currently she's still just like, look, we found the thing we were looking for. You know, like. He's, he's just being Banfor to you for your eyes. Okay. But inside, he, but he's, he feels good. Like, he feels like, he feels right. For the first time in a long time. Hmm. How big is this thing? It's about the size of a baseball. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Uh, Bamfor uh, slips it down his jerkin and holds it close and keeps it over his heart. Like, good move. We've got to keep that safe. We've got to take that back to Stormmore. Doesn't matter mm. who's hanging on to it. All right, let's get out of here. Banfor, can I have a can I have a look at the 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 stone? Banfor doesn't seem to hear you and walks past you. Hmm. Okay, um, so Banfor, if you walk out the corridor into the main cavern area, um, you see an ocean of bodies of ogres and trolls and hellhounds and grimlocks and everything, just lifeless corpses, no blood anywhere. These are just bodies that have just been just. They've just had death happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see this sort of shadow zipping back and forward, like jumping into ogres and then like out the other side, like being this black shadowy arrow going left and right all over the place. And you also see a gnome shooting like purple beams of energy at um, ogres as well. Uh, Banfor calmly walks towards the chaos. Marley cool. walks through and goes, "Holy Hades! What the hell is going on?" Is that a is that a gnome? Squaffle squad? Is that your brother? Is that a purple gnome? The Squaffle squad? Look at me, Thwethelpool! Look at my power! <laughs> oh my! And as he's as he's shooting. Please like, don't do that voice when I'm drinking. He's just shooting these like witch bolts and eldritch blasts left, right, and center, just going, it feels amazing! Like pew, 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 pew! <laughs> All over the place. And you notice with every single kill, um, as soon as his beam hits something, Beatimus then like zips to the thing that he hit and like kills it. So like he starts it, Beatimus finishes it with every single instance. So like he's sort of dry, um, so Squathle Squad is driving this vehicle of death and Bedemus is the one doing all the killing blows and now I so want you to roll initiative kind of like, they're in some kind of sadistic union Mali takes a second to lean over to Tress or Spoon and says um should we be worried I feel like I've underestimated how dangerous this Bedemus is um yes I thought Squaffle Squad was nice but he he doesn't seem very nice at the moment. He's got serious smells. Uh, Why is you it both purple? Feel, Why is it purple? Uh, Four's hands color. rest on your upper backs and you look up to see him staring into the middle distance and he says, um, Fear not, my friends. This truly is the work of God. And he pushes you forward. Roll initiative. So, so it was a one for me. 
Six for me. Or four total for me. I apologise. That would be an unnatural twenty. Ooh. Trissel was a was a what? Four. Four. And what were you, Banff? Six. So Banff, is that like a serenity, like a kind of peaceful quality to you now? Somewhat. <laughs> right. Hasn't figured out how. There is a uh, a brutal gentleness. Okay. The only man smiling at an execution. Okay. The twisted Zen. Yeah. Like the like a like an inquisitor whistling on his way to work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um right, the way this is going to work, I'll just tell you straight up, um, is that every successful hit you get Bedemus will add 50 damage to that hit. Delicious. Okay. Wow. He's the herald he's the herald of the god of death for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um these things can still hurt you, but you are at an extreme advantage. Um first up is Mali, and so the scene is thousands of dead bodies and but still um about forty ogres in this room. Okay, so as a bonus action, uh, as a concentration spell, she casts Hail of Thorns. Okay. And then, because that's the next time I hit a creature with a ranged attack, I, before the spell ends, I then yank my crossbow out, and I aim my crossbow at, like, the middle of a group. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. So trying to hit. Hang on. Yes. So say there is a area effect, say spell that goes off. Yep. Would Bedemus add fifty to every single person that takes damage from that? Correct. So if you yeah. did, for example, thunderclap, then and hit twenty of them because they're packed in tight, that would be twenty dead. Yeah, which is why I've cast Hail of Thorns. Because if I do hit a creature with a ranged attack, in addition to the normal effect of the attack, the target of the attack and each creature within five foot must make a dexterity saving throw. So aim at the middle of a group with a whole lot of them within five foot. That's what she's aiming at one dude. Yeah, easy peasy. Oh, you're, you're only aiming at one instead of trying to aim at two? Oh, yeah, I suppose I can aim it too, because I've got that too low. Double shot. Yeah. Double shot. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Let's do that. Roll two, roll two attack rolls. And that gives me a better shot, anyway. It's almost like having advantage or something. Fuck! Which is good. Oh, no, because it's fucking plus seven. I forget how awesome my crossbow is! So, I've got a 17 and a fucking nat 20, which gives me a 27. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, those are both easy hits. Does the nat 20 mean I get to do double damage as well? You get you get to roll the damage die twice. <laughs> I'm um, so excited. Yep, so roll your damage. Okay. So... Yeah. Oh, hey, just, 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 just calm down. 
Um, I will I tell you now. Good. Yeah, and I'll tell you now. They just rolled real bad and um, <laughs> failed their deck save, so everyone just got hail of thorn. Yeah. So, and they all um, get one d10 piercing damage because I rolled a fucking ten on a d10. I'm so excited. You damage. <laughs> okay. Including Bedemus, um zipping in and out of these creatures, you just killed eight ogres. <laughs> yeah, bitches! Molly does a little, like, happy dance. <laughs> Even though she shouldn't be happy about, like, mass slaughter. Mass <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very excited. That's eight down in one turn. Thank you, friendly! Um, what is that? I was just doing that. Oh, that's what it is. No, I know. But um, they were doing that down in Arrow Park with the whole, you know, like they were doing the um theatre in the park over summer. They had the whole audiences going. One side would go like the whole and the other side would go it was great like this just like people at a park like screaming noises it was awesome cool and we are back in action um so uh squaffle yeah no squad steps up um very confidently to a whole big cluster of ogres and you notice this wicked smile come across his face and he does this um motion where he sort of tenses his body and out of his torso erupts these like big purple energy tentacles and they just start whipping at everything nearby um and every creature near him needs to make a strength save of which they all just rolled a three um so they take yes enough damage uh, 11 so that um, when uh, Bedemus whips in uh, he kills them and there is another 8 gone crikey nice and he is and Squathle Squad is just laughing his head off this is the most fun he's ever had in his entire life is this concerning the amount of deranged enjoyment Squathle Squad is getting from this I'm, I'm concerned I mean I've never met your brother before but I definitely think he looks a bit fucked up. I, I don't, he wasn't like this before, I think. Right. He was well, a, uh, he was quiet. He was an introvert. Okay, so are you and I messaging this whole time because we're like, yeah. I'm secretly quite worried about Bamfor yeah. and your brother, and so like, while I'm like firing arrows and shit off, I'm messaging Trestle's just quietly. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what is going on with your brother? I, uh, he wasn't. I, uh, no. <laughs> anyway. I spent all this time trying to save um, him. And he's okay. <laughs> next, next is uh, one of the mobs, which is now being reduced to uh, 12 members. Um, and collectively, they are going to, um, in the confusion, run, and some of them are going to try and attack Squath. Um and swing clubs and the wily little bugger just dodges and ducks like Yoda um they don't hit him at all and now Banfor uh how far are the um the nearest ogres from Banfor um I'd say within 30 feet 
Um, Bam four. And how many are left? Um, there are two clusters of twelve and twelve. Uh, Bam four enters a rage, um, but a cold rage. It's not as usual screaming, shield biting madness. It's a sort of cold serenity that comes over him and he sort of almost jogs forward um, happily with his shield uh, uh, out but hovering uh, behind, above him um, and sort of kindly says come to me monsters and find out who the god has chosen and then with a beautific smile um, brings his axe around in two attacks. Uh, so a, a single attack each on two different creatures? Correct. Okay. And because he's feeling oh, kind of pointless. The 10 hit the race It does not. Well, I've already found out the results, so I can't use luck. Um, and hits one of them uh, with a 24. Okay, yep, that is a... Uh, that with Beatimus is a definite kill. Um, and I don't have any more things to do. Okay, that's one down. Nice one. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> And now Marley's Tress. messaging Tress is like, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> he, only got, he only got one. Get him, Tress. He got that black glowy thing and he's bloody, he's worse he's than ever. He's worse than before. Banfor <laughs> uh, sort of has the ephemeral hint that a conversation is being had about him <laughs> and he turns his head slowly in a rictus grin and sort of looks at you the way a five-day-old corpse would look at a person. <laughs> Should we be worried about him? <laughs> uh, I, I want to stop talking now. He seems a little unhinged. Okay, go get him, Tress. Uh, Trestlespoon takes his glowing blue boots up the wall as they uh, reflect cool, cool blue light upon the uh, rest of the group, and he sends two scorpion tails down in a kind of lobbing, uh, swinging direction like a what do you what are like those big pendulum things pendulum yeah a like pendulum, a pendulum. <laughs> yeah those big those things like a pendulum yeah. uh yeah like the one they always have in like the dungeons yeah, yeah where yeah, the yeah. treasure is and like indiana jones whatever yeah so he sends both down in crisscrossing motions as amazing he, as he is on the roof mm-hmm. is that possibly uh yes but i'd say that you can hit one each with those with an attack like that well you know that sounds right, I guess. I got a 17 and a 25. I feel like it hit at least two because it did swing out and swing back. That was my aim, like a like one of those pendulum things, yeah, like, like a um, wing, wing. yeah, like a <laughs> pendulum. Yeah. Um, both of those are hits, and that's not how the weapon works. No, <laughs> well, 
No, it's not, is it? Because it goes straight down. I thought I could like. You, no, you I can think whip, you need you to can... be standing in the middle of stuff and like twirling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I didn't think I had if enough you, time to do that. If you that. did a pretty like ballerina pirouette yeah. with them on top of you. Yeah, but then... Trestlespoon's only instinctive desire is to run up the wall upon a combat challenge. Yeah, okay. He's like a spider or a sniper. Uh, or a... It's 2d4 plus dex for both of them. 2d4. Yep. Uh, seven. Four okay. One. Yep. Ten for the other. Okay, so the one for ten, um, that's enough for um, your blade to uh, swipe at it, and then Betamus comes and um, shoots right through it, sending it to the ground. Mm. Um, the other, the other one, the same thing happens, but it stays on its feet, sort of wobbling. Trestlespoon is super disappointed to have only killed one when Marley killed so many. And Squaffle Squad is just destroying everything. <laughs> Marley messages um, Trace and goes, You tried, but I reckon with some twirling, you could really fuck some shit up. Trestlespoon uh, steps kind of in a depressed manner off the ceiling and lands on his feet with his head down and he goes oh alright I guess I'll do that on my next turn (laughs) (laughs) Molly's just like way too chuffed with herself (laughs) to realise that she's being condescending (laughs) Um, the mob um, where Banfor or next to where Banfor is is going to uh, just swarm Banff and they are all each going to hit him with a club and he's going to take did they all get over an 18? Uh, they collectively rolled a 19 oh collectively uh, you just took 24 bludgeoning damage, but halved because you're raging. Wow. They're really challenging your serene, composed state. All death is death, mate. Uh, and now we're back, back around to Mali. Okay. Cool. So how much, how many like more things can we see? Like, is there still like a swarm or is it starting to ease? There's like two mobs, one of 12, one of 10. The 10 is the group that just attacked Banfor. Okay. And the twelve the twelve is the group that's in front of Squath. Okay, cool. Um, okay. How close are the mobs together? Uh they're they're pretty close. But maybe twenty feet between them. Um uh, no, I'm just gonna cast Thunderwave then. Okay, in the so direction for that. of one of the mobs, not where Banfor or Trestlespoon are, preferably, please. Okay, yeah, um, you can run up to Squathle Squad's mob. What's that? You can run up to Squath's mob. Yeah, cool. That's what I want to do. And then okay. I want to get within, like, close to them, like, super close to them. I want to run up to them and then do Thunder 
wave at third level, please. Yep. So I would say you could hit uh, six of them with this. Because it's a 15-foot cube originating from me. Yep. Oh, in that case, you could hit nine of them. Cool. That's what I want to do. Holy cow. (laughs) Uh, They have to do a constitution saving throw? Uh, They did. They succeeded with a 19. Cool, so they take half as much damage. But because I'm casting it at third level, it's 4d8s. Good as it could have been, but you know, 15. They so that means they take what seven, seven. Okay, uh, yeah, so they are all um not killed, but they are dazed and, and not looking very good. 10 feet away. Do they hit any walls? Uh, they succeeded on their save, so they're not pushed anywhere. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Damn it. Um, and unsecured objects are. Okay, some loose rubble sprayed just for flavor effect. Cool. Thank you. Damn it. Powerful spell. Stupid D8 rolling shit. Giving me a one and two. <laughs> um, Squathel Squad is going to uh, just turn and point out um, his pointer finger. So he's not like uh, Trantus with the pinky. He's, he's doing old school pointing styles um, and this like um, ray of fire shoots straight out of his finger and uh, strikes at two of the ones that Marley just attacked they and be, they both like, fucking easy yeah. To kill, shouldn't they? yeah they both hit and they both kill yeah. and now that mob they are going to surround him and just try and bash the crap out of him and hit so old Squath here oh, no. uh, takes 18 bludgeoning damage. Okay, yeah, he's not looking good. He, he yells out this echoing, "Ouch!" <laughs> to lessen the drama of the situation. <laughs> uh, now Banff. Banff remains confronted by three. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, you're next to a mob of ten, but yeah. Uh, he will strike out with his three attacks while remaining in a Raja because these are all the things that he does. Okay. Quite jealous of my lack of area or effect. Well, this is terrible. Uh, it's a net one, a three and a 15, uh, plus six to all. So probably one of those hits. Uh, yep, one hits. And one kills, I would assume. If you do enough... If you do at least nine damage... Do they have 59? Yes. Whoa. 1d12 plus 4. So I need to roll over a 5. Yep. (laughs) Out of (laughs) 3. Okay, so that's taken 7. 7 plus uh, another 50. So it uh, is not looking good. Um, Alright, hang on. Two of them are at two. Cool, so that mob is hanging on pretty nicely. Um, and Trestle. Trestle's got two mo- 
two mobs of ten both have like severely injured members in them. Excellent. Um, Trestlespoon responding to Squaffle Squad's horrifying cry of ouch uh, runs towards that mob and following Marley's advice uh, raises and twirls his scorpion tails in a uh, beautiful, hopefully, pirouette of utter destruction. Okay, so they can roll a deck save. Okay, so they failed their deck save. Um, you deal uh, 44 damage each to eight creatures. Two and, two and a three? Yeah. Five. And a, uh, a, four and a four. Four and a four. Eight. Nice. Five and an eight. Yeah, you just, got eight ki- you just got eight kills. You just got eight kills. Trestle's in a so acrobatic it baffles even himself. Uh, twirls with such terrifying accuracy uh, that he decapitates uh, eight ogres all simultaneously and he bathes in their blood <coughs> in a horrifying piece of gnomish brilliance you hear inside your head I'm so proud of you Trestlespoon <laughs> Marley's like spat crying <laughs> Trestlespoon can only muster a giggle of pure ecstasy and he now understands what Squaffle Squad was feeling only moments before. <laughs> um, the mob next to Banfor is going to uh, all try and swing clubs at him and just clang off his shield as he fends off ten attackers. And we're back round to Marley. Paint me the picture. Um, you are sort of. Oh, you are near the mob that you thunderwaved. Yeah, that I thunderwaved. There are two remaining living members of that group. After Trestlespoon's devastating um, scorpion tail attack. Okay. And not far away is a mob of ten around Banfall. Alright. Who are all, uh, are, like, around Banfall. Okay. Bit of a- I will not take um, demon damage if you thunder wave around me. I'll just take normal damage and half of it. Um, so. They're all the same type of creature, right? Around Banfall? Yeah, th- yeah, these are all ogres. I cast... Crown, Crown of Madness. Madness. <laughs> on one of them. Uh, let me bring up... Uh, that's a seven. Yeah, nah. <coughs> what happens is Marley goes, Madness! As we all know, that's canon for how that spell looks um, <laughs> with blue fingers <laughs> um, and a twisted crown of jagged iron appears on its head and a madness glows in its eyes so one of these just like looks fucked up um, the charmed target must make a melee attack now on the closest I've just chosen like the closest one to it that's not bad for do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I thought I had to use its action, which, on its yeah. turn. Yeah, before moving, it must use its action before moving to make a melee attack against a creature other than itself that you mentally choose. So I'm like, yeah. I choose the creature next to it. Okay, cool. So when it's their turn, it'll do that. Yeah, when it's their turn, yeah. Yep. And then um, I start, and then I run over there also towards Banfall. That's my turn. Okay. Cool. Um, I leave Trestle with these two because I'm like, you've got this, Tress. Trestle Spoon raises his thumbs ecstatically. Yeah. 
Cool. Squareth is just going to shoot a witch bolt. Um, just this crackling energy uh, shoots out of him. He shoots it out of his chest just because it looks baller. It's this crackling purple energy beam shoots out of his chest and strikes one of the ogres for 11 lightning damage, which uh, kills it. So that's another one of that group gone burgers. And that group, which is now just a single uh, lone ogre, is going to wet its pants and try to just mindlessly swing because that's all it knows how to do. And it's going to miss him. These things suck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're around a Banff. Nice. So there's if, one remaining. Yeah, Banff, if you want to, I will let you trade your three actions for one spinning attack that can attack all ten around you if you want. But you only get one roll. 100% keen to do that. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Does a 21 hit your AC? It doesn't. Um, <laughs> what? Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> you, yeah, you, um, describe the way that you and Bedemus combined uh, kill these 10 all in one go. Dan 4 spins about and almost gently nicks the just the forehead across each and every one of them and following with his blade Betamus explodes into their heads just nice. one by one by one by one just he gives them these loving little flicks and he just lets his god into their mind amazing like little, little fireworks like mini explosions I would imagine that their head just moves back by five meters it just Incredible. Um, and now there is one standing, and it's over near Squathle Squad, and it's Trestlespoon's turn. Trestlespoon sheaths his two scorpion tails, raises his hand crossbow, and shoots directly at the last sad remaining ogre. Uh, 15. That's a hit. <laughs> Uh, seven, seven damage. Total. Oh, plus six. Thirteen damage. Yeah. Describe how you end this battle. Um, well, Trestlespoon sheaths his scorpion tails uh, quickly uh, with the swift um, flexing of a young Clint Eastwood. Uh, he then raises his hand crossbow without looking at the ogre, shoots it and fires it directly into his skull and then uh, brings the hand crossbow to his lips blows gently and then also sheaths his hand crossbow and says aloud to the room almost like a Shakespearean soliloquy Trestle Spoon and then he promptly gets tackled from behind by Marley who has seen that the fight is over and just wanted to give him a big old hug Trestle Spoon receives the hug like a like a young Clint Eastwood with reckless abandon. You have this moment of like elation and like pending relaxation in the in the aftermath of of such you know a large encounter, and then you hear 
these thundering, booming footsteps. And you look up and at the far end of the cavern is five fire giants, one of which is holding two enormous spiked shields. And that's the end of the episode. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Five of them. Oh, no. Five with shields. Spiky shields. Yeah, I mean, we nearly died fighting one. Yeah. Yeah. Whose fault was that, Marley? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Proud. I say we run. Okay. See ya. They retrieved the Death Heart. But what's it going to do to Banfor's already rattled mind? I guess time will tell. And they successfully wiped out an entire population of ogres with the help of Bedemus the Death Demon and Squathel Squad the... Deranged? Question mark? Warlock. Will their combined strength be enough to stop the five fire giants? Find out soon, I guess. The role-playing podcast community is bursting with awesome welcoming people who share and promote each other's work. Last week, we gave you a sneak peek at our friends from One-Shot Onslaught and Rocks and Rune Lords. This week, here are two more great shows, Scattered Realms and Quest Friends. In a world where legends are forged by the roll of a die, where adventurers roam, hack, slash, seduce, slaughter, and occasionally save the world, where dragons fly and dwarves mine, the witnesses to ruin on Scatter Realms. Dungeons and Dragons has never been so disturbing. Beaming out of Wellington, New Zealand, the greatest Dungeons and Dragons podcast since Fate of Eisen, or Critical Role, or Adventure Maidens, or Adventure Zone. There's been a few. With regular games, one-shots, and more, we have everything you need in life. The Scattered Realms have awoken. Scatter Realms, an entire universe of tabletop on Spotify and Twitter. One billion years in the future. Mankind's dominance over the Earth has long since been usurped by technological advances and visitors from beyond the stars. Yet humanity persists, gracelessly stumbling through the age-old dangers of spider swarms and awkward family reunions. Quest Friends follows three such hapless humans and one android as they race to stop global threats and personal crises, all while learning what makes the best of family and the quest of friends. Quest Friends is a science fantasy actual play podcast where five best friends get together and improvise the story of four heroes who are just really trying their best. New episodes and transcripts are released every other Monday at questfriendspodcast.com or on your favorite podcasting app. Our theme song is Friends by Miracle of Sound. Okay, don't forget to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Fate of Ison or drop us an email, fateofison at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. All right, talk soon. Aroha Nui!